Well, it's great to welcome the senior pastor of Empower Church and my friend, Pastor Gebhardt Barrent. Would you give a lovely big hand of welcome, please? Good morning, Jews Life. Are you ready to see miracles? Are you ready to see God bringing breakthrough to you? Amen. Can I ask us to stand? I want us to, maybe you are, won't you lift your hands as Miriam plays for us? I want us to just start praying in tongues just for 30 seconds, and then I'm going to start giving you the word. Let's just pray in tongues. Just create an expectancy for God to do something. Come on, choose life. Lift those tongues, lift those tongues, lift those tongues. Let's push back the atmosphere. Oh, Father, we're here to announce a new day. We're here to announce your breakthrough. We're here to announce a double portion, Father. We're here to announce that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we'll be glad, and we'll worship in it. And Father, we worship you, Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ. This is my day of breakthrough. It's not over, Lord. And I announce, Lord, as your people pray, that right now, in this moment, a shift takes place, Lord. That bodies start to heal. That businesses start to change. That families get restored. In the name above every other name. In the name of Jesus the Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, we pray. And all God's people say, Come on, let's give God a shout. Come on, choose life. I know you can do better. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. You may be seated. You look so beautiful this morning. This feels like home for me. Home away from home. I've got so much love and so much respect for your senior pastor. And uh, maybe many of you wouldn't know it, but I was baptized by Pastor Ed Raybert. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in that church. Um, as a young boy of six, I got filled with the Spirit. I know nothing but the Spirit of God. And it's due to the legacy that's on the Raybert family. And I see myself as a seed of that family and just something that God is doing. So as you are shaking Pretoria East, we are shaking Pretoria North. And together we can take a city. Amen. And today I feel like just coming back to my brother and uh, he feels like a big brother in the Lord for me and just to come and honor what he's doing and I just want to say to you, you look beautiful and we're going to kick some devil butt this morning. We're going to see the enemy running away. Who of you know the enemy is a defeated foe? Come on, Satan has been defeated. The cross is empty. The grave is empty. And Jesus is alive. And if the king is alive, that means we can live because he lives. Amen. And so this morning, I, I just want to preach it how I feel it. Is that okay? I, I felt the Lord say I must be prophetic this morning. So in John chapter number 11, I want to speak to you about the topic, it's not over. It's not over. 
It's not done. It's not finished. Until the king says it's finished. I want you to note something about Jesus. It wasn't even over until he said it was over. It was only when he said it is finished, Tetelestai, that the world could make up his mind. Oh, you need to understand how much Jesus is in control. He's not a king, he's the king. He's not a Lord, he's the Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the reason why he's sitting is because everything is under his power. You need to know when a king sits, it's not because he's fighting. When the king sits, it means he is victorious. Let me say it like this. We can't even try to match God against the devil. That's unfair against the devil. Satan is a created being. We are created beings. The war is between us. But as long as, but between him and the devil, it's been done. It has been finished. And so you and I, we are getting the victory. The Bible says in Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 15. I'll go to the text just now. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 15. The Bible says he stripped off all principalities and powers of all weapons that they've ever had. And he made a public show of them. Now that's, that scripture in your Bible is such a significant scripture. Because it means that he left the enemy of nothing to retaliate. The enemy has been permanently defeated. The Bible says the handwriting of requirements that was against you was, was wiped out of the way. Are you with me? It's wiped away. In Isaiah chapter number 6, verse number 1, the Bible says these words. It says, And the train of his robe fills the temple again and again and again. In the Hebrew language, it's repetitive. And that's part of my, just my introduction. The, the reason why his train is repetitive, is long, and why his robe will fill the temple again and again and again, is because every time you have a victory in Jesus, every time you don't bow that knee, Every time you praise Him and worship Him when you should not. Every time when you lift up His name when everything is against you. Every time when you call out to Him. Every time God takes that victory and He sews that robe onto the King of Kings robe. And one day we know when the King of Kings will walk into that temple. The Bible says your victory plus His victory will fill the temple again and again and again and again and again and again. Listen, the devil has no, he doesn't have a say because he is not the author of your life. I know the author. He is called the great I am. He is called Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh, the King of kings, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of war. He is my God and he is your God. Are you with me? Oh, come on, choose life. Come on. So in John chapter number 11, I'm here to let you know it's not over. In actual fact, we haven't started. We haven't even seen what God's going to do for this church. God's going to do awesome and mighty things. In John 11, you find the story of Lazarus being dead or busy dying. And the, the people send message to him. His sisters send message to him. They say, Lord Jesus the one you love, Lazarus, is sick. I'll preach on the one you love another day when Pastor John invites me again. Is, um, he says, well, Lord, the one you love is sick. Jesus says these words. He says, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Then he stays away four days. Doesn't sound like a very good king. Doesn't sound like a very good friend. Lazarus needs Jesus. 
Jesus says the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And he stays away. The reason why he stood away is because according to Old Testament and New Testament culture, the first, the second, and the third day, anybody can raise the dead. But on the fourth day, all men will count a man or a woman as dead as can be. So Jesus stayed away so that he can show what they have called dead, he can bring to life. You see, there's a place that you reach where the people say the promise is dead. There's a place that you reach where the people say it cannot happen. There's a place that even you yourself will say, Lord, this that you promised me will never take, come, to, come to place or come to part or come to being or come to fulfillment. And then there comes this little two of my favorite words, but God. You see, we must never count out the God factor. And so Jesus stays away for four days. He waits until all hope is gone. He waits until they put him into a grave. He, he waits. He stays away. And then the Bible says, he says, let's go. Let's go. And let's go see about our friend. And Jesus arrives on the scene. He's late. Fourth day, late. It seems late. And so you have to understand, it is so of many of the things in our, in our lives. It may seem that the Lord is late, but it's not over. Oh, it's never over. So Jesus stays away. He arrives on the fourth day with his disciples. Martha comes out to him. Martha comes out to him and Martha says, Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus says, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will never die. And, and Martha quotes the scripture back to Jesus, by the way. And Mary, Mary is not there. Mary is in the house. The word Mary in, in Hebrew means rebellion. The word Mary, Mary is in the house. She doesn't want to go to Jesus. She's got a little bit of an attitude. And if you are honest with God, there is times in our life that we get a little bit of an attitude with God. Because we are not our feelings. By the way, you are what the Holy Spirit say you are. I am not emotionally led. I'm spirit led. Are you there? Come on, Jesus life. Are you with me? And why do I say that? So Mary is in the house. She doesn't want to come out. She's like, no, Jesus, you're late. You knew we needed you, but you're late. You're four days. It's late. It's late. And she goes out. The Martha goes in. She calls Mary. And I want you to know this is the same Mary that broke the oil on Jesus. This is the same Mary that didn't just come for a, a mere anointing on Jesus. She broke everything she had on Jesus. Why? She was convinced that he carried oil that doesn't just wash from the outside in, but from the inside out. So when she broke that alabaster jar, she wasn't there just for a meeting. She was there for a life change. She was there for an overall. So the same radical Mary now has an attitude. She says, no, I don't want to go out. And eventually she goes to the Lord, and I want you to see something. She bows down to Jesus, and she says the same that Martha said. Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus says these words to her. Jesus says, where have you put him? I want you to note something here. They give him the news. They say, Lord, your friend is busy dying. He says, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. He does not send his word to Lazarus in the middle. He sends his word to the tomb. Why? Because he is not interested in the middle. 
he's interested at the end. So Martha comes, she says, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus says to her, listen, honey, resurrection, and it's in the text, resurrection is not an event. Resurrection is a person. I am the I am. And then Mary comes and she bows down. Listen, here's the key for you. It's not if you can worship him when all things go well. It is not if you can lift up his name when all things go well. Well, but when rebellion bows down, the word proskuneo, when rebellion worships him, the Bible says, he asks, where have you laid him? He gave to Martha the revelation. He gave to Mary the activation. Why? He's seeking worshipers. He's seeking people that can worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, come on. So he was not sending his word. He was not sending his word to the middle. He was sending his word to the end. Why? Because the Bible says that they shut Lazarus' tomb up with the law, with a stone. The word stone there is the word law. You see, before the law could seal the deal, grace was already inside. Long before Lazarus' body hit that, hit that tomb, grace was already waiting inside. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, the, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep, over chaos. So, while Jesus was sending His Word, Lazarus was busy dying. His Word went in front of the Word. Remember, Jesus is the Word. So, He sent His Word in front of Himself. It seemed like a delay, but it wasn't. What seemed like an interruption was a setup for the supernatural. Oh. So he arrives. You see, before the law seals the deal, grace will always have a say. You see, when people count you out, God counts you in. That's just how he works. That's the awesomeness of our God. He is the one that anoints you in the midst of your enemies. The Bible says in Psalm 23, 5. In the midst of your enemy, he anoints my head of oil, my cup overflows. And I love that scripture because it means he makes your enemies watch God bless you. God is not, God, oh, I love the Lord. He is not interested. He is not interested in just giving you the breakthrough. He's interested in giving you the breakthrough while your enemies are watching it. That is why he is called the beginning and the end. Satan might have a chapter of the story, but he's not the author of the story. He might have a sentence or two, but it never has the final say. Listen, if you had one or two bad chapters, the blood is strong enough to wipe away any chapter and rewrite the story. Like I like to tell my people often, if you had a bad chapter, that doesn't define me because there's only one that defines me. His name is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What they say matter. Are you there? So he stands outside of the tomb. He stands outside of the tomb. He has a witness inside. Lazarus' body is there. The Bible says everything is in heaven and on earth is agreed by two witnesses. Now he knew that going into that scene, he would have had no person of faith there. So he needed to send himself in front of himself. So the body is lying. The word is already hovering over the body. 
the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. He says, roll the stone away. They say, Lord, there's a stench. You need to understand, you serve a Jesus that doesn't worry about your stench, that doesn't worry about the decay, that doesn't worry about that, what you've messed up. You serve a Jesus that can take anything and everything and turn it around right in front of your eyes. He's He's not afraid. He's not afraid to take that what is dirt. He's not afraid of that. And so he says these words. He says, roll the stone away. They roll the stone away. He calls out into the cave. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And we see Lazarus coming out. There's so much to this in the, in the history of this. We see Lazarus coming out. And then Jesus says these words. He says, but loosen him and let him go. Now listen to me. The same people that bound Lazarus up, the same people was instructed by the Lord to loosen him. Oh, come on. The same people that would have wiped their hands off you and say, this is finished, it's done, it's over. That same diagnosis, that same issue, that same problem, that same definition. God will use those very same things and say, when I arrive on the scene, they will loosen you. They will untie you. They will let you go. They will see. Oh. Let me say it like this. When, when Samuel, I'll, I'll use a story about Samuel. When Samuel looks for a king in Israel, he, he goes and he looks on the outside. Eliab comes. He looks very good, very handsome. He looks appropriate on the outside. And so the seven sons comes in front of Samuel and God says no to every single one of them. God says no. And then Samuel says, he says, don't you have any other boys? He says, yes, we have one, but he's with the sheep. Listen, David's family didn't even count him worthy enough to make him part of a meeting when one of the boys could be made king. They counted him as a scoundrel. They left him with the sheep. We think that's a very holy, holy practice. No, to take care of the sheep in Old Testament times was of the lowest of the lows of jobs. It wasn't a very high-ranking job. So David comes running in or walking in. He sees a man that he's never seen before. Dressed a little bit weird. A little bit weird hair like me today. Pastor John teased my ear. I said, luckily I have some more left. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I can still gel mine. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So here comes, here comes David walking in. He sees a man he's never seen before. God says, that's him. David still smells like acts of service. He still smells like the sheep. He still smells like the dung. He still smells like an outcast. He still smells like the rejected. He still smells like the lowest of the low. But God says, that's the one. And you and I in the 21st century, we would have thought that God would say, go clean him up. Go let him wash. Go let him wash his face and get clean. Not God. God says, no, let me anoint him in the mix of the dirt. I'm not afraid of dirt. 
So he anoints King David. And what I want you to get this morning is when David walked into that house or walked to that house as a shepherd boy, he never knew that the next time he's going to walk, he's going to walk as a king. You see, the first, the, 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 when they called him, he walked as a servant. The second time, he would walk as the king. Anointed, but not yet appointed. Full of the anointing. Listen, God will prepare you in the backside of the desert to anoint you so that he can appoint you. Because there will come a time. Oh, come on, let's give glory to God. You see, there will come a time, church. There will come a time when the Lord does the appointment. There will come a time where the Lord puts you onto the scene. That's how God works. And we saw that with David. David runs onto the field. And I, and I want you to understand this. I'm, I'm putting all of us here together this morning before I prophesy. It's David runs onto that field. He has a testimony. And this is how you overcome the devil, by the way. Testimony and promise. Because between the testimony and the promise, you'll face a problem. So David runs onto the field. The Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 24, Let my testimonies be my counselors. That means if he did it yesterday, he can do it again. So David runs onto the battlefield. He has a testimony. My God has killed the lion and the bear. He has a testimony. He has a promise. I need to be king. He is not king yet. Goliath is standing in between him and the promise and he takes hold of his testimony and he takes hold of his promise and he say, have, makes up his heart he says there's only going to be one outcome in this day on this field and I'm not going to die you're going to die because beyond you is my kingship beyond you is my promise listen there's some of you sitting here you have given up on the promise don't do that listen to the testimony listen to the promise the promise is not dead the testimony is alive and I'm here to tell you today it is not over until God says it is over it is not finished oh come on let's give glory to God it's not done it's not done the reason why they hated Lazarus is because how can you reason next against a dead man now alive next to Jesus that's why they wanted to kill him because how can you reason with you see a man of a theory is only as strong as his theory but a man of experience is much more than a man on a theory and Lazarus had the experience I was dead now I'm alive you see God wants you to know in this day that everything that people call dead he can bring back to life everything that people have given up on God says no not so I can give life to it I can breathe life into it it is so that for all of us the promises of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus that means when Jesus says amen on himself that's a double confirmation that's two people saying yes he says yes and amen in other words he's like he likes his own preaching so much he says amen twice he says Lord my promises is yes and amen what I've told you I will do and choose life this morning I want to I'm going to exhort you and I want to encourage you and say this. It might seem late, but it's not too late. You might sit here this morning with a doctor's report. You might sit here this morning with a business report. You might sit here this morning and you have issues in your family. Well, we only need, need to get God onto the scene. If I want you to understand just something. When they appealed to Jesus, 
they don't appeal to Jesus based on how good Lazarus was. They don't say, Lord, the one that has done so many stuff for you. Or Lord, the one that gave you so much food. Or Lord, the one that was so kind to you. No, they say, Lord, the one you love is sick. Why? The strongest way you can get the Father onto the scene is not to appeal to Him based on what you've done. But appeal to the Father based on who He is. If you want to get a Father onto the scene, tell Him His kid is in trouble. His power is made evident because of His love. He, he releases power not because just of power's sake. He releases power because He loves. And so when people seal it up, let me, let me just say it like this. We see the same stone, the same issue in the book of Mark chapter number 5. And I'll close with this. I really feel just led to prophesy to you. In Mark chapter number 5, we see the same type of thing. A man sits there demon possessed. Demon possessed. Jesus comes to the Gedarenes. The word Gedarenes means reward at the end. He comes to the Gedarenes to the other side. A man meets him. You know the story. Jesus cast out the demons. But the Bible says the man was seated there in fetters and in chains and cutting himself with stone. The word stone there again is the word law. Trying to cut himself by his own effort. But it's amazing. It's amazing. Let me throw out this feet. It's amazing when the man full of the enemy saw Jesus, he ran to him and he worshipped him. And let me throw this out. Have you ever noticed demons cannot worship? They can acknowledge, but they cannot worship. So the devil was pointing Jesus out. Because the man never met Jesus. Never met the Lord. So the man never knew who Jesus was. The enemy inside of the man pointed Jesus out. Oh, you need to understand, choose life. Jesus can take your enemy and he can point out your breakthrough. Jesus can take your trouble and he can point out that what brings you life and life abundantly. He is the God that takes chaos and makes it life. He is the God that turns anything and everything around. It is amazing. It is amazing that nobody, nobody worried when the man was bind with fetters and of chains and cutting himself. But everybody had a problem when he was of sound mind. Why? Society likes you bound. Society likes you full of issues. Society likes you if it's your trouble. But I'm here to tell you today, you serve a God that doesn't leave you in your trouble. You serve a God that calls you His own. You serve a God that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You serve a God that says, it might be the fourth day, but I will show up and I will break my anointing upon you. And if I have anointed you, it doesn't matter if somebody has come against you. What I have anointed, I will never leave. Oh, come on, choose life. Or maybe you are standing here today, or you sit here today and you say, I feel like Samson. Well, the awesome thing about Samson, Samson's hair grew back again. 
And what I feel in my spirit to say to you this morning, as I come to a close, it is not what some have said. It is not the testimony of some. It's a testimony of the one that we will bow our knees to. Choose life. If I look at you, I see inheritance. If I look at you, I want to say to you, the dream is not dead. Just because they put the dream into prison doesn't mean the dream was dead. Just because Joseph was momentarily locked up, that does not mean it was a, a, a permanent setup by God. No, the prison was there to prepare the prince for the palace. Listen, let me throw this out for you. Moses was a, a slave on the inside. He was a prince on the outside. Why? So that he could go and free people that were slaves on the outside, but princes on the inside. Joseph might have been a prisoner, but he was a prince prisoner. He had royalty in his veins. He had an inheritance in his veins. He had dreams in his veins. And as a prophet of God, I'm telling you today that the inheritance is not dead. The dream is not dead. It's very much alive. And I tell you the truth. I cancel every word ever spoken in whatever way. I tell you the Lord has sent me here to tell you the inheritance is still yours. The dream is not dead. It is yours by the blood and if the blood gave it to you no man can stand against it what you were busy with was a momentarily set up but God is about to release you into greater dimension into greater freedom into greater prosperity into greater healing you're gonna see you'll become a light to the nation and to the nations of the world God is gonna break out of this place I see the Spirit of the Lord hovering over this place and I hear him say to me they will come revival out of this house you will see suns coming from the east and the west and the north and the south and they will come and they will be here because they'll find light here oh come on let me say it like this light only needs to shine we are not called the light oh we are not called the light so that people may look at the light we are called the light for people to find the way And so I'm here this morning to say to you, it might be the fourth day. It might seem late, but it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. He is not done. He is not done. I've traveled the world. I've, I've preached at many churches. I can tell you, this is one of the few churches I've ever gone to. Where the people have been open to the Holy Spirit. There's something very unusual about that. Most places I go to, I need to get through the atmosphere first. Before I can get heaven down. At this place, service number two, we're already going through. You have to know what you have. You have to know what you have. And so this morning, I want to pray for you before I prophesy. I want to pray for you. If you are in a place... If you are in a situation where people have said it's over, it's done, it's finished, I'm here to tell you not so. I'm here to say to you it's not over. 
Come on, can you believe that with your heart? It's not over. God can turn that around. God can shape that and shake that and turn that into your favor. Come on, He's the God that is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. God with me. Amen. So if that's you, if you are here to this morning, you say, Pastor Gebhardt, I feel I'm at a place. I'm trusting God. I've been trusting God for a long time, but I've not been seeing it. Well, then I'm here today. The Bible says if two or more agree, it shall be done. Come on, we don't need rubber cover. We need two or more to agree. That's it. It's done. And I mean no disrespect. But when we say it is done, it is done. When I say, Satan, I bind you, he's bound. When I say I loosen you, he's loose. Authority is me. Authority is you. Are you with me? Okay. So if that's you, would you jump to your feet? That I can pray for you. If you are here today, say, Pastor, give up. I need breakthrough. Jump to your feet. Jump to your feet. I'm going to come down there if I can. Lift your hands to the Lord, please. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak over every person standing with their arms lifted to you, every single one. And Father, I take hold of every demonic power, every principality, power, wickedness of high places. And I say to you, in the name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the Most High God, the Lord rebukes you in this day. Father, I turn around every report, every demonic report that I see written in the atmosphere. I cast them down in this day. And there shall be healing. And there shall be prosperity. And there shall be a breaking forth. For I hear the gushing of water in the Spirit. I tell you, from this day, a change will occur. A change will occur in your business. A change will happen in your marriages. That dead marriage will come alive. Those children that rebelled will suddenly become peaceful. Your enemies shall be scattered. In this day, Father, in the name of the Christ, I pray. In the name of Jesus the Christ. Lord, dispatch your angels in this morning to these people. Dispatch your angels as messengers, Lord, to the children of salvation. But I decree a word in this morning. The enemy's efforts, it is finished. Your works is done. What you've tried is done. It is over. I call it to an end in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, now I release your peace. I release your joy. I release new strength. Lord, even as your people walk into their tomorrow, even as they walk to their home, Lord, your Bible says faith is now. And so, Father, we want the breakthrough now. We want the healing now. We want restoration now. Father, I speak it forth in the name of Jesus Christ. There we stand. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Start to pray in the Holy Ghost. Start to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to seal this now. Sabra doshere, sabriondo robo kora bakhakare, sabra doshere. Oh robo ndo robo kora bayendara, oh robo ndo robo koshere bayandara bakanda rebe keshara, 
The king is alive. Pray with me this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father. I thank you that in this day, a new day starts over my life, over my finances, over my family, over my body. I declare, I decree, it is finished. The onslaught is finished. The attack is over. And I will inherit the promises of God. Satan, do you hear me? You are bound and rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree freedom over my life in this day. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give Jesus something. Oh, come on, choose life. Yeah, come on, let's give him a shout. Yes! Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Pastor John, can I please have you and your brother? Why don't you stretch out your hands to your beautiful pastors? And so, son, your dream is not dead, it's alive. The inheritance is alive. And there they have said, it shall not be. They have sent my messenger to you in this day to say to you, it shall be. For from this place shall spring forth a great mighty wind and I tell you I will accelerate the outpouring of my spirit upon this house I will accelerate the outpouring of my life on this house it will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and son I say to you that what you've seen of your father you've seen nothing yet for what I'm about to do the things that I've locked up inside of you will come jumping out in the season for they will call you highly favored. They will call you esteemed by the Lord. They will call you royalty. For I say to you, I will send you sons from the left and the right, from the east and the west and the north and the south. And there where they've counted you out, I have counted you in. And I'll give you back that what is due unto you. I hit back. Father, I smack back. And I silence all the waggly tongues that I see in the spirit. Lord, as a prophet in this day, I hit those tongues back to the ground and I release the word of the Lord over my brother and over my friend and over your son, Father. And I release over him in this day 
great fruit shall come. Expansion will come. And what you see now around you will simply be a warm-up session for you, son. Everything around you is warm-up for what I want to do. I see stadiums being filled. I see thousands running to you. For I give you the ability to heal. The gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of demonstration lies inside of you, son. And a new ushering, the mantle of your father, shall be upon you strong, son. And it will be doubly so. Know it in this day. But I release to you a greater dimension even. For I am the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. I am not the God just of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm also the God of Abram, Isaac, Jacob, and Jesus. And so I say to you, that what some have said, I cancel in this day. For I see a great release. I see stadiums being filled. I see light being poured out, son. For I give it to you in this day. Father, I cancel every word spoken. And Father, I release unto my friend the double anointing that's his, the double inheritance that is his. And Father, I pray in him will be a fire from this day, a fire that no man can stop, a fire that no devil can stop in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, as I see the oil coming, Father, I pray release upon him now a new mantle, a fresh mantle, new strength, new power, new energy. Father, it will be double from this moment in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. I release it. I release it, Father. Double oil. Double oil. Double oil. Double oil. Double oil. Double oil. Come on, give Jesus a praise offering. Double oil. Double oil. And so, son, new joy, new peace, new joy, new peace. I will do wonders through you. As you've always thought, I'll sit here and I'll sit there. No, no, son, no. I see you writing. I see your name being on books, many, 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 many. I see you becoming a messenger. And they will be drawn to you like a moth is drawn to the light. And your children shall know peace. And your children shall know joy. If I say to you, son, that what was is no more. For in this day, I give you new peace, new joy. I hear the Father say to me, Well done, my boy, for standing in the light. You have my approval. You have my love. When I look at you, I find a light. When I look at you, I find joy. When I look at you, I find peace. And so I say to you, you will know strength in this hour that you have not known before. You will know strength. It will gush out of you in Jesus Christ's name. We pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Come on, don't you pray? Come on.
I feel the Lord is saying to me, He wants to release fresh oil on you. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Do you want fresh oil? Fresh anointing? Why don't you stand to your feet? Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Lift your hands to the Lord. Maybe I can ask just some of the musicians to join us. Just fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Father, I thank you in this moment on every life that is here that in this day that Lord that you release a fresh anointing upon your people. I see a fresh anointing coming. A fresh anointing. And Lord, I hear you say that in this day I scatter your enemies. They will not be able to find you. For where my presence is, there's liberty and freedom and justice. And so I say to you, in this day, I release unto you fresh anointing, fresh joy, fresh peace. In Jesus' name. As you leave this place, you'll find yourself, you'll find yourself in a new place. I'll give you new, new joy. You will start to laugh again. Oh, you'll start to laugh again. Joy is coming back. Where morning was, joy is coming back. You're going to find yourself laughing, then you don't know why you're laughing. Because I'm giving you new joy, new wine. Get ready for new wine. Because I'm pouring new wine, new wine, new wine. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as a son, as a son, Father, I, I thank you that I can be in this house. And as a son, Father, we unite forces in this day. Father, we say that we want to have the city of Pretoria. And Father, in this day, where we once were not close, now we stand next to neck, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. And Father, in this day, as you lead me by your Spirit, I thank you for uniting in power with choose life. That we will see a city, that we will see a nation changing into light. And where everybody else says death, 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 we say life, life, life in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, choose life. Come on, choose life. Come on, choose life. Come on, give him a shout. One more time. Give him a shout of praise. Father, I thank you for this awesome, awesome, awesome work that you're doing. I pray for every person that is here, that as they go into this week, they'll see the supernatural. They'll see it their lives. 
You know, before I go, I just want to bless on Pal, and I want you to ask. I want to ask you. I honor her. I honor Aunt Ansa that's also here. I honor them. And can we do what is appropriate? Won't you honor them just with a, if a God bless you? Just honor them. Won't you just honor them well? Won't you honor them? Come on, the Bible says honor one another. Honor one another. Come on, choose life. Come on, choose life. Come on, choose life. Come on, choose life. We honor them. Come on, you can do better. Come on, honor, honor, honor. Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. Praying for you. And uh, have a supernatural week. Amen. Thank you so much.